This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. We start with The Saint, starring Vincent Price. Now, most of us know that he was a horror film icon. With perfect elocution, he delivered creepy invitations to haunted houses in such movies as House of Wax. He was a regular on TV's Hollywood Squares and a villain on the 1960s TV series Batman. But did you know that Vincent Price was also a foodie? Yeah, Price and his second wife, Mary, were such food connoisseurs that in 1965 they wrote a best-selling cookbook, A Treasury of Great Recipes, it's called. It's been out of print until now. Daughter Victoria helped get the book reissued for its 50th anniversary. Victoria Price remembers her father spending hours perfecting creme brulee and hosting lavish dinner parties at his Beverly Hills mansion. He was also an art collector and consultant who founded an art museum in California. And as they say, they were the perfect pair, says daughter Victoria, about the wife. She was Martha Stewart way before Martha Stewart. And my dad was the ultimate convivial host with just pure pure joy. Everyone wanted to come to a dinner party at their place, but their dinner parties weren't about the A-list. No, no. Their dinner parties were people they loved. Tonight, we hear Vincent Price in The Saint in the episode, The Missing Bridegroom. Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Taxi! Taxi! Personally, lady, the name is Louie, but... Please hurry. Okay, but where to? I don't care. You don't... Uh, I don't like to mention this, lady, but I think you mislaid your groom. What? Of course, a girl getting married, she's kind of excited. Maybe she forgets a little something here and there, but lady, not your husband. I'm not married. Look, you're all dressed up like your bride. You come running out of that church. They was having a wedding there. They thought they were, but... Oh, oh I want Jimmy. Look, please, lady, don't, don't, don't cry. If I had Jimmy, I'd give him to you. Who's Jimmy? I love him, and we were going to get married, and I went to the church, and everybody was there except... Except... Jimmy. Yes? Uh-huh. I called everywhere. I know something 
terrible must have happened to him. Uh-huh. For a girl in your position, you know what I think you need? What? A saint. Mr. Templer, I hope you don't mind our barging in like this. Of course not, Louie. But you see, this here is... Uh, oh. I'm Carol Blair. Uh-huh, Miss Blair. But by this time, she's supposed to have been Mrs... Snyder. Yeah, but she ain't on account of Mr. Snyder. Didn't show up at the altar. <laughs> so, Miss Blair, uh, please sit down. Thank you. Uh, here, have a handkerchief. I don't want a handkerchief. I want Jimmy. Well, I don't have Jimmy. I might perhaps try to find him. Oh, whether I can or not is something else again. However, have you thought of the possibility that he might have changed his mind about matrimony? Oh, no, he wouldn't have. He loves me. Well, Mr. Uh... Templer, there's nothing that could have kept Jimmy from marrying me. Nothing except death. Thank you for bringing me home, Mr. Templer. You're very welcome, Carol. I'm sorry I cried so much. Well, I'll call you as soon as I have any news. Good night. Yeah. Miss Blair lives in a in a very mansion, that mansion. Mm, so she does. Well, let's go, Louis. Okay. Where to? James Snyder's apartment. Uh-huh. You think maybe he overslept? I doubt it. Hey, Mr. Templer. I read a book once. Sir, I wouldn't brood about it, Louie. No, listen. In this here book, a girl's fella don't show up to marry her on account of he's dead. You know, on account of somebody killed him? Oh, well, that would explain why he's dead, all right. <laughs> yeah, so the girl says sounds. In those days, girls used to say sounds. Yeah, that ain't what Miss Carol Blair said. Well, I guess she didn't read the book. Well, probably too busy clipping her coupon. Oh. She's loaded, huh? She is loaded. Well... Money and everything. Hmm. I wonder if that's what James Snyder thought. Huh? Oh, yeah, Miss Blair told us he was broke, yeah. Hey, I got the solution. Yes, Louie? Yeah, maybe he got a job. Now, this here is uh, a very fancy type hallway, Mr. Temple. So it is. Gaudy, but not neat. One C, one C. Hmm, yes, here it is. How can a guy with no dough afford to live here? Well, we'll ask him if he answers that doorbell. Yeah. Hey, he's in. Hello? Ooh. Except he's a she. <laughs> Good evening. Uh, may we come in? All right. Thank you. That's a template. Maybe she's why Snyder didn't show up. I think we stop here, no? Yes, uh, uh, Miss... Uh, I am Marie. Oh, Marie. Uh, well, this is Louis. Hello. Yeah, and I'm Simon Templer. Ah, you are the same. <laughs> I'm afraid I am. Uh, spending the winter here? In this apartment? <laughs> so right now I am reading the book, you see. Hmm, book on American history. You're a student. What do you think? I think you graduated. Uh, say, why the book, then? Well, I'm not so long in this country, and I wish to learn about... The American people? American men. Oh, they're not that different from Frenchmen. Maybe so, but it's a little difference that counts, hmm? <laughs> Perhaps. You know, there are better ways of learning than from books. Why don't you ask Jimmy? He is out. He is? Yes. He's marrying himself. <laughs> oh, 
It is not right what I'm saying. He's marrying a girl. Yeah, that's more usual. You don't mind? I do not mind. Well, sometimes close friends of the groom do. They say things like, uh, what on earth does he see in her? But I am knowing what he sees in her. Be careful. One million dollars. He's not bad. He's fine. Well, that is, Carol is a very pretty girl, too, despite her million dollars. Who cares? <laughs> of course, you'll probably laugh and laugh and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, are you Jimmy's sister? Oh. Yeah, I thought so. But if you're not his sister, you must be... Uh... You look very pretty in red, Simon, but it is not necessary to blush. I am Jimmy. Whoop, Kitty, it's time for bed. Wife. You said wife? Wife. Excuse me, huh? Hello? Huh? He's not here. Monsieur Templer is here. Goodbye. Was the doorman. I was saying... You said you were Jimmy's wife. It's true. Well, then if he'd married Carol, it would have also been bigamy. Ah, uh, we were divorced in Mexico last year. Not his wife. I am fine. The lawyers say divorce not so good. So now, Jimmy marry a rich girl? Maybe Jimmy gives me a big present, hmm? Big present, huh? There's another name for it. Is so? Is so. The other name is blackmail. You are a funny man. I haven't been trying. Maybe you go away now, eh? Mary, hmm? I have news for you. What kind of news? Jimmy didn't show up at the altar. You make the joke once more. No joke. He's terrible. Which means that Jimmy hasn't married that million dollars yet. I think of the poor girl who waits at the altar. Almost I cry for her. Your eyes are dry. I said almost. Goodbye. You want to be alone? From you, yes. Goodbye also to you. Hmm? Oh, Oh, thanks for remembering me in time to say goodbye, uh, Mr. Templer. We're leaving, Louis. Except, uh, Marie, if you happen to run into Jimmy... Yes? Advise him to be very careful. So? To date, he's left one woman at the altar, another in his apartment. <laughs> He'd be safer juggling dynamite. About Marie's character, I got nothing to say. But about her figure... Louis... I also got nothing to say. <laughs> but, oh, I can dream. It's dark. Yeah, it usually is at this time of night. I know, but it don't hurt to mention it. Back to the camp? Yeah, I suppose so. Mm -hmm. Hey, you Templar? Huh? Me? Yeah. Who wants to know? Who's asking you? You are? So figure it out. All right. You got a pencil and paper, maybe? Oh, wise guy. If you don't mind my intruding, I'm Simon Templer. Well, thanks for telling me, Silwick. Hey, you can't. I did. Now, don't move too quick. Him, I gave the butt, but it's you I'm pointing the business in. Get in the car. Not just yet. If you've hurt Louie... You want to get shot? Not especially. First, I'm going to look at Louie. Oh, he's unconscious. Hey, what was the idea? Well, all I wanted was you, so let's get going, huh? But Louie... From what I gave him, he'll wake up, but you won't if you don't get in the car. Oh, very well. Your name would be, um... Yeah, you already know mine. Where are we going? That's what you're going to tell me. I am? Yeah. Because we're on our way to visit Jimmy Snyder. You've told me. Just so happens his uh, present address slips my mind, so give, huh? Or out? No, no. Tonight we don't play. Tonight it's for keeps. Take me to Snyder. Nobody likes to die. <laughs> 
not quite yet. Always is so drafting. Huh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Snyder's in your apartment? Yeah, we'll be inside in a moment. Hold it. Hold what? Shut up. Okay. Move slow, straight ahead. You uh, mean now you've cased the joint? I mean, I wanted to get that light on. Now, uh, Templer. Yes? I don't see Snyder. Hey, you know, now that you mention it, I don't see him either. Hey, you could overdo that light stuff. You really think so? Where is he? I don't know. But he might be along at any moment. Yeah? Why not? How would you like a slap in the eye? Put your gun down and try it. Why, Careful. you... Careful. Besides, would Marie approve of your language? <laughs> not to mention your tactics. Well, she don't have to. I'm the one that gives the orders and... Oh, uh... thank you. Uh... For what? Telling me that you're the person who spoke to her over the phone a little while ago, back at Snyder's apartment. It explains how you happen to know I was there. Forget it. Now, what I want to know is when is Snyder going to show here? Well, of course, he may have mislaid his timetable. Yeah. Or perhaps even his life. Hey, Templar. Yeah? I'm beginning to think that Snyder maybe ain't going to show. Well, at the beginning, it shows promise. In time, you may have lots of little thoughts all your very You said that... said he might be along. I offered no guarantees. Nobody's offered a guarantee on your life. From sheer oversight. You could be playing me for a dope. Oh, good heavens, no. Are you a dope? Where's Snyder? Well, men who have just been married usually spend the time immediately thereafter. No, no, no. He ducked the church. Oh, that's interesting. But how did you know? I know. Something else, however, that you don't know. What's that? The door behind you has just been sneaked open very, very softly. Huh? 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 Oh, I amuse you? <laughs> you kill me. You're so funny. You exaggerate. I'm not the one who may kill you. There's a revolver barrel poking its snout around the edge of that door. Point of it's aimed at you. Well, I don't take my eyes off you, mister. I don't suppose there's anything I could say that would stop that little stranger from shooting, whoever he or she is. I do dislike having my home used as a shooting gallery, though. Neighbors complain. So, Mr. Dugan, would you mind going away and being shot someplace else? I am staying right here. And... Oh, Get out of my way. No, you... Oh, you fool. I want to go after whoever shot you. No, that's a trick. Some kind of trick. You move it up. Lieutenant Archer, homicide. Hello, Lieutenant. This is Simon Temple. Uh, Lieutenant Archer just grabbed his Nash for a quick trip to the upper Amazon. Lieutenant Archer hasn't got a Nash. He's doing it the hard way. Good night. Lieutenant. Yeah? Look, stop gnashing your teeth and guess what I've got. I wouldn't want it. I'm a married man. His name used to be Dugan, Anthony Dugan. I don't like him. Someone else didn't like him harder. So now he's dead. Where? My apartment. Had the killer there, too? I'm sorry, no. Well, get in touch with me when you do. All right, Lieutenant. I'll be right down, Simon. Uh, he doesn't make a pretty corpse. He makes a very dead one, though. Friend of yours? Lieutenant, neither of us really care. Yeah, I... Company, Simon. Who? Oh, Louie. Louie, he says. That's what he said. Louie, you're not hurt. No. Now, in my family, everybody goes around with two heads. Well, there was nothing I could do. Right? Hang out with the saint and see Johns Hopkins. 
from a bottle. Mr. Temple, where is that hooligan? I'm going to... That's him? Yes, Louis. But he ain't, he ain't breathing? No, Louis. Oh. Lieutenant. Yeah? Louis and I have an errand. Do you mind our leaving? Thanks for asking. So long. Goodbye. Louis? Coming. But to where? I think perhaps it's time we visited Carol Blair. Uh-huh. You think maybe she needs help? Help? Or an alibi? Looks like the mansion is all closed up for the night. I hope not. Maybe she's asleep, huh? Yes, she is. She hasn't read the right book. A woman who's just been left at the altar never sleeps. It's they don't get sleepy. I have nothing but nothing to say to the press. Who is he? I don't know. To me, he looks like an outfielder. From left field, I might add. Louis, Louis. I uh, beg your pardon. You, sir, would be... Uh... Theobald A. Blair. Uh, what does the A stand for? Arthur Xerxes. Uh, you may make all the jokes after I shut the door. Good night. We are coming in, Mr. Blair. <clears throat> Thank you. Pushing type. Uncle. Only when necessary. You're Carol's father? Uncle, young man. Uncle. And who are you? Simon Templer. <clears throat> this is Louis. <clears throat> Tonight, everybody goes, hmm? Why does he have to use a question mark for me? Your niece asked me to help her, Mr. Blair. Carol is a young idiot. Youth has no monopoly on idiocy. <clears throat> I'm almost square. Something that hasn't happened to me in years. How about an offer of employment? The last one I received was in the early 30s. Since then, no one's been vulgar enough to... Uh, <clears throat> that is hardly your concern, is it? It might be. Uh, by the way, Marie sends her love. Good heavens, sir. Not here. I beg your pardon? Well, we're men of the world, well, true, but still... Then you knew Jimmy was married? I, uh... Would you like a spot or something? True. I'm afraid we're temporarily out of that commodity. Dugan is dead, Mr. Blair. Indeed. How pleasant to discover that thugs like him are mortal. Were you the one who tested his mortality? Uh, he was murdered, huh? Mm. No doubt whoever murdered him did so with the best of intentions. It wasn't I, however. You haven't asked me where Jimmy is. You haven't implied that you know. Do you? No. You want to know? Of course I do. In order to test his mortality? Nonsense. I wanted Jimmy to marry Carol. Wanted it very badly. Uncle, I heard... Oh, Mr. Chandler. Yeah, and Louie. I'm keeping the franchise open. Hello, Louie. Hello. I hope you went asleep. Oh, no, I couldn't. Uh, Simon, have you found Jimmy? No, I did find Marie, however. Who, who is Marie? Uncle Theobald can tell you, probably with more details than I would know. Uncle? Uh, she, uh, <clears throat> well, that is, she used to be, uh, well, friendly with Jimmy at one time. Friendly? Well, yes, you might say that. As a matter of fact, she carried it to the extent of marrying him. Oh, no. Uncle, you're joking. Now, 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 my dear, perhaps you'd uh, better lie down. Uncle, I've warned you time and time again. I'm not a child. I never thought you were. I always... Oh, Mr. Templer, it isn't true, is it? That Jimmy was married? I'm afraid it is. But it can't be. Otherwise, why would he have... have... Been ready to marry you? But he was under the impression that he'd been divorced from his first wife. Oh, and the divorce wasn't any good? So it seems. Then, then Jimmy did love me. Jimmy would be the best one to answer that, which reminds me... Uh, Louis and I have another errand to perform. What errand? But I can't tell as yet whether it would be a matter for the police or for the medical examiner. The temple, you're excited. Worried. What about Louis? Uh, that's why we're ringing a doorbell. Mm, no answer. 
locked. I don't like that. Not much of a lock. Don't look now, but you just ruined that lock. Not important. What is important is... Marie? Yeah. Blood on her nightgown. Dead. She was shot, huh? Yeah, it's close range. Trail of blood leads from the couch there to this overturned end table. You mean she crawled after Whoever she... shot her left her for dead at the couch. She wasn't quite dead. She fell to the floor, managed to reach the end table, knocked it over. Yeah, and, and started to read a magazine or something because there's one right under her head. Not read. No? Actually, she tore a page out. That's all she was able to do. Her writing on it? No, which means... Let's see. One side's the back cover. The other's a full-page advertisement for Hamilton Watch. Hmm. Maybe she wanted to know what time it was. It's a bad joke, but I don't feel good. She's evidently trying to tell us something with that ad. Something about her murderer. Hey, maybe the guy who shot her was a watchmaker, huh? Yeah, possibly that. More obviously, that his name was Hamilton. But yeah. uh, so far as we know, there's been no Hamilton connected with the case. And it would be stretching coincidence too far, anyway. Ready-made clue like that, now. Well, I'll have to wait. Are you calling the cops? Yeah, they can wait, too. I'm calling the Blairs. You want to let Carol know her husband is now a widower? I want to find out who's home. Hello? Carol? Simon Temper. Simon? You found Jimmy? Not exactly. Carol, is your uncle in? No, he went for a walk. In the park, he was upset. Thanks, Carol. Goodbye. Come on, Louie. Where are we going? We're upset, too. So let's make it the park. So this here just happens to be a very, uh, very dark part? Mm. No sign of Uncle Theobald. It's the temple. You think there's something phony about him taking a walk this time of night? Phony? Hmm, not necessarily. Let's call it danger. No, I'm nervous. Let's not. Maybe, uh, maybe he used to be a watchmaker. Mm, that's possible. Mr. Temple, you know, I just thought of something else. You kind of stopped looking for Jimmy Snyder. You think it's it's hopeless? I don't know. Other things to worry about first. The Snyder, if he's still alive, you wouldn't bet on that, huh? Hey, look. Up ahead by the side of the road. Yeah, Theobald. He's waiting for the traffic lights to change. Not many cars are driving around through the park this time of night, though. But there is one parked down the road a bit. Come on. Yeah? Yeah. The lights change. He's starting to cross. There's the car. Theobald! Theobald! He ain't hurt. He's off the roadway. See ya, Bones! <laughs> the car hit him. No lights, no lights, and plates. I... Is he dead? No. Car just sideswiped him. Oh, hey, Theobald. Hello. Yeah? Bad driving. No, no. No, murderous driving. That car tried to kill you. Theobald, we'll get an ambulance for you. You'll be all right, but... Look, I've got to know something. Do you have a place of your own besides Carol's house? I... Oh, yes. I keep a small room. Shabby vanity of mine. But it belongs to me. Where is it? 19 Terrace Place. Apartment three. Have fun, then. Oh. Oh, he fainted. Billy, go get help for him. I'll wait till you get back and then... Yeah? And then we'll remember the forgotten man. <laughs>
This here ain't a very elegant dump. Louie, I'm worried. About who's killing everybody? No, I think that's fairly clear. Oh, you speak for yourself, John. But Mary's dying action, it puzzles me. That ad for watches, it seems to point nowhere. This ad's an unnecessary complication. To me, all complications are unnecessary. No, Mr. Templer, maybe what you need is a secretary. A what? All I said was a secretary. Louie, I love you. What? Look, this is my busy weekend. Please. Here's apartment three. where he hangs out when he ain't being rich. Hey? Yeah. Come back there. This closet. Oh. Don't look now, but that there must be Jimmy Snyder all tied up and gagged. You're quite right, Louie. I better untie him. No, Louie. Huh? You better make a phone call. Who to? The police. Mr. Snyder can untie himself without too much difficulty, I suspect. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, he's got a hand I for I rather thought he would. I'll take that gun and... Oh. Felt you had to do that? Of course. He wasn't tied up very good. No. He, you, but... All right, I'll phone the police. Yeah, but what'll I tell them? To come and pick up Mr. James Snyder, vanishing bridegroom and murderer. Simon, I don't understand. How could it have been Jimmy? Well, he was married to Marie. Marie and her happy little trigger man, Dugan, were preparing to blackmail him as soon as he'd married you, Cal. Jimmy didn't care for the program, and so... Well, he killed him. Right, Louie. Huh. Your uncle also knew, so that meant that he, too, would have to die. But Jimmy tried to arrange it so that Theobald's death would seem to be an accident. After he'd ran him down in the park, he went to Theobald's apartment and tied himself up. He knew someone would find him there shortly. And everybody would have thought that uncle had killed Marie and Dugan. Simon, however, did you know? Marie. She was murdered in her living room. She was wearing a nightgown at the time. It's hardly likely she would have received any ordinary visitor in that state. Yeah, except her husband, Jimmy. Uh, right, Louie. Only now, look, what's the business with the watch ad? Well, we know that Marie dying tore a page out of a magazine. Obviously, because that page contained an indication of who had killed her. Wait a minute. All that page contained was an ad for Hamilton Watch. Oh, you're forgetting something, Billy. Huh? What was Marie doing the first time that we met her? She was, uh... Oh, yeah, she was reading a book. About? Uh, uh... American history. Mm-hmm. I remembered that. And then when you mentioned the word secretary... Yeah, this I mentioned, all right. I knew whom she'd named as her murderer. Uh-huh. I still don't know. Louis. Yeah? Look, in American history, who was Alexander Hamilton? Oh, oh, but the Pilgrim Father. No. Pilgrim Son? Louis. What? Alexander Hamilton was the first Secretary of the Treasury. Aha. So? So, who's the Secretary of the Treasury today? Oh, well, that's a guy named the... Uh, uh, wait a minute, let me look at a dollar bill. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And Jimmy Snyder was a suspect. So it goes to show people ought to read American history. You know... Marie was awfully bright. I'm not. I feel terrible, Simon. You needn't, Carol. You'll get over, Jimmy. Do you think so, Simon? How? Well, uh... Um... Louie. Hmm? Oh, uh, yeah, Mr. Temple? Please go take a cab. have been listening to another transcribed adventure of the saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. 
Now, here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, from the past, we have received a heritage, our American heritage. And it consists of many things. It's an ideal and a way of life. It's everything America stands for, our heritage. We can repay the past only by using our heritage well today, by taking pride in the most complete expression of individual liberties, civil rights, and personal dignity. And by doing so, we'll be guaranteeing our future. For we have learned from history that unused freedom has a habit of slipping away. Of course, using our freedom makes certain demands upon us. But to the people of many countries today, these demands would constitute a gift beyond price. They mean voting in an informed way, serving on juries, taking an interest and having a voice in all the affairs of the community, the state, and the nation. All this preserves our heritage by exercising it. And by making our form of government work better at home, we strengthen democracy everywhere. We provide an example of free people governing themselves through a free government, a dynamic example of man's finest ideals at work. To every American, then, falls the task of protecting our heritage. For freedom is everybody's job. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. This script of the saint was written by Louis Vitti. In our cast, you heard Viola Vaughn as Marie and Sharon Douglas as Carol. Sheldon Leonard was Dugan, Ted Osborne, Uncle Theobald, Frank Gerstle was Lieutenant Archer. Louis is played by Larry Dotkin. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring with Errol Flynn and Michelin Prell in William Marshall's production of Bloodline. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are now on sale at all newsstands. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. There's fun every Sunday on NBC with two delightful and sometimes very bewildering families. The Blandings family continues to have typically suburban adventures in their famous dream house. Cary Grant and Betsy Drake star as Mr. and Mrs. Blandings. Sunday also means a visit with the hilarious Harrises and their friends on the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for The Life of Riley next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for William Bendix to star in The Life of Riley. Feel for a beautiful smile, The Life of Riley for laughs. Peel, T-E-E-L, Peel, the amazing liquid dentifrice. That's it, T-E-E-L. Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, brings you the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. <laughs> Remember, friends, for beautiful smiles, it's T-E-E-L, Teal. And just for laughs, it's R-I-L-E-Y, Riley, in the life of Riley. <laughs> A good many of Chester A. Riley's headaches arise from the fact that he takes such good care of everybody else's business. 
Even Riley's mother, who is here in California for a short visit, is not exempt from his meddling. Our story opens with Riley and his 16-year-old daughter, Babs. No use, Babs. You can't have another lipstick. You've got a lipstick. But, Daddy, all the kids are getting the new lipstick. It's called Tantalizing Red. The ad says, Today, Tantalizing Red Lips, a sign of sophisticated beauty. That's today, eh? <laughs> well, in my day, girls didn't need no lipstick. They just ate hamburgers with lots of ketchup. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't sophisticated, but it sure tasted better. Don't be an old fogey, Daddy. Nowadays, all girls use makeup. I know a girl that don't use makeup. My mother. You don't see her putting paint on her lips and shellacking her claws with red varnish. <laughs> well, after all, Daddy, Grandma's 60 years old. Yeah, and getting prettier every day. Okay. Uh, I'm in here, Mom. Just take a look at your grandma if you want to see a girl that don't buy her good looks in a paint store. Oh, Riley, your mother has something to tell you. Yes, sister. Guess what? Wait, Mom. Stand just where you are. Dad, ain't she beautiful? Just like a painting by Whistler's mother. <laughs> oh, go on with the uh, big ape. Listen, I just had a Don't letter. talk, Mom. Just let me feed my eyes on a real thing. <laughs> Yes, sir. I'm proud that I look just like you. You don't say. Mm -hmm. My problem is that I look like you. <laughs> you see Grandma's smooth complexion, bed? And look at her hair, white like snow. Well, Mother Riley never notices my hair. <laughs> Maybe it's because when I washed it last night, I put some extra glue in, in the water. <laughs> Mom, you didn't. There, you see, even Grandma has her little tricks, Daddy. Mom, I'm shocked. The next thing I know, you'll be wearing bobby socks. <laughs> Remember, son, when a woman stops trying to look her best, she's got to expect her boyfriends will leave her or someone else. Mom, that's no reason for you to wear blue hair. <laughs> you ain't got no boyfriend. Oh, is that so? You see this letter? It just came. From an old bow of mine. What nerve? Writing a married woman after she's married 40 years. Especially when her husband's away at sea for two years. Three years. Poor pop. Can't turn his back for three years before his wife gets a letter from a wolf. <laughs> Don't you read it, Mom. I did read it. And guess what? This old same of mine is coming here to see me tomorrow. Nothing doing. Any old flames come around here, I'm blowing them out. <laughs> no, you won't. You'll be as nice as pie to him. Mom, think what you're saying. You're married. Right and tell him you got a big overgrown son. He knows all about you. But he likes me anyway. <laughs> now, listen, Mom. I'm head of this house. Riley. I mean, next to you, Peg. <laughs> I won't stand for my mother and fight me. Riley, something tells me you better mind your own business. But always trying to run everybody. I'm your mother, and I have none of your licks. But mother, please. Sit down. <laughs> I give up. It's a losing fight. <laughs> Riley, 
It's your neighbor, Waldo Benny. Oh, uh, come in here in the garage. How are you, Waldo? Oh, my aching back. <laughs> Trouble with your wife again, Waldo? She's always insulting me. This morning, she called me a pinhead. <laughs> Said my head was the size of an atom. And then she tried to split it. <laughs> well, I got woman trouble, too. My mother. No, Mr. Rock. Yeah. Not that sweet little white-haired lady. Don't let that hair fool you. <laughs> On her head, she may be white-haired, but in her heart, she's still a redhead. <laughs> Tomorrow, she's stepping out with a strange man. Oh, no. I can't believe it. It's true, but don't get me wrong. She don't mean no harm. Oh, of course not. She's probably just dazzled. Uh, tell me, has your dear mother any money of her own? Well, I think so. Once I noticed a hole in her mattress, so I peeked in and there was George Washington staring at me. <laughs> ah, so that's what the scoundrel's after. Take my advice, Mr. Riley. Send for your father immediately. I can't, Waldo. He's out in the ocean sailing around on this tramp steamer. He's the head tramp. <laughs> you know, the captain... Mr. Riley, he's the only one who can save your mother. Do you know the name of the port your father last visited? Well, last week I got this here postcard from him. It don't say the port, just the street address. See? 150 West Longitude. <laughs> well, that just means that he's in the middle of the ocean. If only Papa was here. Oh, my. It's the same old story. An absent husband, a lonely wife, a slick scoundrel with smooth talk. <laughs> oh, Father, why don't you come home? Yes, a sad story with the usual ending. Divorce. Divorce? Well, gee, I never thought... Divorce? That's awful. Especially for the children. Uh, what about the children? Well, the parents share the custody. The child spends six months with the mother and six months with the father. <laughs> oh, well, that's terrible. My father's on the ocean all year. <laughs> I get seasick. Waldo, i got to do something to keep my mom and pop together. Well, uh, I have an idea. Now, uh, try and remind her of your father. Uh, leave some of these things around in her room. Little items with a sentimental value. And that'll remind her of their years of happiness together. Yeah, I know what. I got an old shaving mug of Poppy. I'll put that on her dresser. And Pop's old corn cob pipe. When she smells that, it's bound to bring tears to her eyes. That's it, Mr. Riley. Now, you must save your mother from this terrible fate. I'll do it, Waldo. I'll do anything I have to do to protect the sanctity of the home. <laughs> Mother, maybe you better tell Riley who your letter's from. I will not, Peg. I was going to tell him. But then he got sassy and practically accused his own mother of... Well, I'm going to teach him a lesson. And don't you tell him either. And don't tell the children. They blab. <laughs> well, it's your affair, Mother Riley. I'll stay neutral. The nerve of them suspecting me of shenanigans. Any boy but Chester would know that the man who's coming to see me is his own father... Thank <laughs> you.
good thing my mother's out shopping. Now, let's see, Waldo. Oh, first we'll hang up this swell picture of my papa. Lucky I found it in the attic. There. My, your father's got a nice face. Yeah. When your dear mother sees that picture, she's bound to break down. Now, uh, uh, what do we do with your father's mug? Well, we just leave it. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean this shaving mug. Uh, uh, put it in Mama's dresser drawer. Oh, yes, all right. It's nice to read other people's letters when they start off, dearest Mabel. Well, that must be the letter Mama got from this wolf. Well, of course, I didn't read it at all. <laughs> That's good. It ain't nice to read other people's mail. And besides, she's my mother, so I'll read it. I'm only reading it for her own good. Exactly. I'm only listening for her own good. <laughs> my dearest neighbor, now after all these long years, I'll be holding you in my arms again. You are still my beautiful wild rose, and pretty soon now your honeybee will come buzzing around again. <laughs> only a skunk would write a thing like that. <laughs> your dear father will thank us for this. Feed some more. You'll never know, Sugar Plum. Mr. Riley, somebody's coming. Huh? Oh, it's Mom. Here, take the letter. No, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. Oh. What's this? What are you doing in my room, Mr. Binney? I, your, uh, well, your son invited me. Who? Chester, what are you doing in my room? Waldo invited me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean uh, is this your room, Mom? Well, let's go, Waldo. Just a minute, Chester. What's that in your hand? My letter. You've been reading my letter. No, no, I didn't read it. You came in too quick. <laughs> I mean, I just saw the beginning. Mother. Well, read my private mail of all the low, snooping things I ever saw. Well, uh, I really must tear myself away. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, me too. I stay where you are, sister. Yes, Mama. Now you look here. Wait, Mom. Be before you say anything more... Just look at that picture on the wall. What picture? Holy smoke! What on earth is that? <laughs> Mama, that's Papa. That's the man you're married to. Well, for heaven's sake. I thought he looked familiar. <laughs> look, Mom. You've been my mother ever since I was born. <laughs> Look at Pop's picture up there. Look at his dear old face. Blow the dust off him. He looks as if he was lost in the fog. Mom, just look at that face. That forehead, so, so strong. That nose, so, so intelligent. And those eyes. One on each side of his nose. And his ears. One on each side of his head. Mom... That's the face you took, for better or worse. That's the man you promised to love, honor, and obey. Ah, the kister. It isn't what a woman says with her lips. It's what's in her heart that counts. Mom, you mean you didn't mean it when you married Pop? And you stayed married for 40 years? I might as well tell you, Chester. There's only been one man in the heart for 43 years. You mean this old wife that's coming to see you Saturday? Don't you be calling your... He's no low life. The man who's coming to see me Saturday is the only man I ever really loved. 
by his mother's statement that the man who's coming to see her tonight is the one love of her life. Actually, the man is Riley's own father, who's been away at sea for three years. But to teach Riley not to jump to conclusions and meddle in other people's affairs, his mother is holding back that important fact. Right now, Riley has a plan to make his mother see the error of her ways. But, Pop, I don't get it. Why do you want to sing that song to Grandma? Look, Junior... It's time you learned that if you don't ask me questions, you won't get a foolish answer. <laughs> you play that song and sing with me and Wago like we rehearsed. Do you think the song will do the trick, Mr. Riley? I don't know, but I want to keep reminding Mama about Papa before it's too late. She's in the kitchen, so we've got to sing loud. Go ahead, Junior. Fish for your father, who's a great guy. A is all the stuff he done for Mom. T for the touch she's always good for. H is for a husband, not a bum. E that stands forever, he will be true. R is wrong, he's never done to you. Put them all together, they spell Papa. <laughs> oh, Mama, take him back, please do. Oh, for heaven, big sister, will you stop that crazy yowling? <laughs> yowling? Mom, didn't you even hear the words? Don't you feel the sediment? They're the silliest words I ever heard in all my born days. Now stop this racket. I've got work to do and you're giving me a headache. Aldo, we're just trying to soften her up. we got to figure out how to keep this wolf away from our door. What wolf? Uh, never mind. Go out and play, Junior. There's some things it's better for a young boy not to know. Oh, can't I stay and get the inside dirt on Grandma's new heartthrob? <laughs> Junior! Oh, okay. I'm going. I'm going. Waldo, there ain't much time left. Ain't you got some idea to keep this guy away? Well, we might prepare a booby trap. We could rig up a thing so that when he steps on your welcome mat and presses the doorbell, he'll get electrocuted. <laughs> that sounds good. We... No, 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 we can't do that. Our electric bill is high enough already. <laughs> oh, think of something else, Waldo. Well, I've got a book full of ideas for booby traps. I'll go home and get it. Yeah, well, hurry up. There ain't much time left. Meanwhile, I'll lie down and try to figure out how to mess up this guy when he gets here. Oh, I see who it is, Waldo, on your way out. All right, Mr. Riley. Oh, hello. Who is it, Waldo? It's your friend, Mr. Odell, the undertaker. The friendly undertaker. <laughs> Greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural. <laughs> oh, uh, hold on, Digger. Flat on your back, I see. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Relaxing is an excellent thing, but you're not doing it properly. I'm not? What do you mean? I'll show you. Here, 
Let me fold your arms. <laughs> Never mind, Tigger. I'm getting up. I... Oh. Riley, I can see something is troubling you. Yeah. Tigger, why can't married people get along without trouble? Because a man always insists on marrying a woman. <laughs> At times, they're unreasonable creatures. I remember when I first got married, my wife, Lily Fern, objected to my digging in the garden. Uh, that's just like a woman. Makes a fuss when a man wants to plant a few vegetables. Oh, it wasn't vegetable. <laughs> you see, at the time, I was taking a course in the Mortician's Academy, and they give you homework. <laughs> Tell me, Riley, did you have a little tip with your dear wife? Oh, no, no, no. It ain't my wife. It's my mother. Ah, mother. Silver threads among the gold. Sitting in a rocker, crocheting antimacazal. Sweet, simple, and serene. I adore mother. <laughs> They're so gay. Uh, sometimes they're too gay. Digger, you won't believe this, but there's a certain party who's trying to make time with my 60-year-old mother. It's terrible. I know just how you feel. I remember when father expanded his undertaking business and got an assistant. The assistant tried to win mother away from him. Oh, what did your father do? Plenty. He said to him, look here, you cad. If you don't leave my wife alone, you'll stop being my assistant and become my customer. <laughs> it nearly yeah, but... scared the life out of him. <laughs> yeah, but my poor father's thousands of miles away. Then, Riley, it's up to you to do something. You bet I will. I'll tear him apart. No, That's no, no, Riley. In dealing with your mother's futile, dignitaire is the key word. You must see this rotter before he gets here and reason with him. Lure him to some rendezvous. Yeah. Yeah, that's an idea. And I know where. Waldo's house next door. You see, Waldo's house is 1315. Mine is 1313. All I got to do is switch numbers, and when he comes looking for my address, he walks right into our trap. Good. And then I'll lay him out. <laughs> Verbally. Uh, when I get through telling this home wrecker off, he'll wish the earth would open up and swallow him. Riley, the earth never opens up to swallow you. You have to help it. Believe me. <laughs> okay, fellas. Everything's set. I switched the numbers. Excellent, Riley. Now, listen. This home wrecker will show up any minute. Now, you know what to do, fellas. I'll be hiding in the kitchen. When he comes in the front door, you grab him. And then I make an entrance and face him with my face. That should, that should frighten him. I better put out the lights now. My, dark. I like the dark. Listen, I hear somebody coming up the walk. It's him. I'll get in the back now. Remember now, fellas, no rough stuff. Oh, no. If I hit him, I might hurt him. <laughs> Ready, Waldo? I'm opening the door. Good evening, mister. Step in. Mr. Babu, don't you recognize the Posen's mate, junior grade? <laughs> Where's Mrs. Riley? Ahoy, Mabel! Not so loud. Come inside. 
She ain't in the sick bay, is she? <laughs> Give us a sounding. Is Mrs. Riley aboard or ain't she? Lock the door, Waldo. Avast there! Now we got him. But who, me? Why, you barnacle bottom scuffer wash, you trying to sing, I, me? Lie down, sir. I mean, uh, sit down. <laughs> Go on, get in this chair. Cast off, take your grappling hooks off of me, or by the great horn spoon off. <clears throat> he broke my nose. Ah, foul your figure at, eh? <clears throat> now for you, you pale-faced porpoise. <clears throat> How do you like this? No, he broke my high hands. I'll hang you from a yard arm, you scurvy sea scum. Help! Help! Let me out of here! Get out of my way, Waldo, you coward! Good day to you, sir! Come back, you swags and fight like men! Tell us! Tell us, I said no rush, don't you? Papa! Ahoy, Chester! I run into some foul weather. Papa, when did you get home? Didn't your mother tell you I was making pork tonight? No, she... I... Where is she? Mabel! <laughs> Hit the deck! <laughs> she ain't here, Papa. She's next door in my house. And what are you doing here in this dead fall? <laughs> Come on, let's weigh anchor. Oh, oh, wait, Papa. I'm all mixed up. I was expecting another guy, and we set a trap for him. Crap! You mean them two wharf rats was friends of yours? Yeah, but, Papa, this other fellow was trying to cut you out with Mom. He wrote her a mushy letter about, about holding her in his arms, and he said he was a hunting bee. What? That's what I wrote her. <laughs> so, you've been reading my private mail, have you? <laughs> oh, you, you mean it was you? You mean Mama ain't going to divorce you? Of course not. What a revolting development this is. <laughs> now I'm beginning to get my bearings. Chester, come forward. Uh, now, Pop, I, I was only trying to look after your interests. I can look out for myself. But for suspecting your old lady of flirting, I'm going to give you a keel hauling. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, don't look at me like that. Papa, what are you taking off your belt for? Esther, heave your ball across that chair. Let me see your stern. <laughs> no, Papa. Don't spank me. I'm calling on 39. Don't spank me. Don't spank Mama! <laughs> We'll be back in half a minute. Millions have switched from toothpaste or powder to teal and have thoroughly enjoyed the change. You, too, will like teal's refreshing flavor, its lively action. But most important, teal protects teeth from cavities. Cavities ground in at the gum line by daily use of toothpaste or powders containing harsh abrasives. Teal cleans teeth without abrasives, avoids the risk of such cavities. T-E-E-L, teal, the safe. Liquid Dentifrice. Well, I hope you learned your lesson, Chester. Uh, 
I sure did, Mom. If you didn't, I can still give you that keel hauling you talked me out of, you big barrel of bilge water. <laughs> Gee, Pop, you, you talk like you don't like me anymore. Oh, stow it. I like you as much as ever. You're fine-looking boy. Kind of son any father'd be proud of. You just happen to be a little short on brains. <laughs> now, how can you say that, Papa? Why... Why, everybody who knows me says my head is my strongest point. <laughs> Procter & Gamble, makers of Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, invite you to be their guest next week to hear the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. William Bendix appears by arrangement with Hal Roach. The Life of Riley is produced for Teal by Irving Brecker and is directed by Don Bernard. Music by Lou Coslow. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. Riley's mother is Jane Morgan. Junior is Scotty Beckett. Babs is Sharon Douglas. And Waldo is Dink Trout. Riley's father, Captain Riley, was played by Henry Morgan, who appeared to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox, producers of the Technicolor picture, Lever to Heaven. This is Ken Carpenter on behalf of Teal, inviting you to listen again next week. And remember, for laughs, it's R-I-L-E-Y, Riley. And for lovely smiles, it's T-E-E-L, Teal. Teal, the amazing liquid dentifrice, protects teeth beautifully. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. Tomorrow, it's Nero Wolf, followed by My Favorite Husband. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.